Hi, I'm Rachel, and welcome to Recovery Daily Podcast. Today's topic is growth requires change. Growth requires us to get uncomfortable. And I have a couple examples of of that experience in my life. Uh, First and foremost, the thing that stands out the most to me is starting a new job. Um, And that might be standing out to me now because my kids are graduated from college and they're starting, you know, to to uh, be they're adulting. (laughs) And I know what I felt like when I first started working and it happened every time I started a new job, even the job that I'm in now, I remember just feeling like I had imposter syndrome. I remember feeling like I don't even know what these people are talking about, much less how I can start finding my place here. You know, when I start a new job, my aspirations are that I want to have so much value that I'm talking to leadership and they see value in what I can offer. And, um, and I wanted to do that in the very beginning when I got there. And I remember uh, going to my first all hands meeting and thinking, there is no way in hell I'm going to be able to figure out how, where my place is here. Everybody was just, is so smart. And, um, and it's really what I've learned over time at this job is that to be surrounded by people that are so smart and so great at their jobs just made me better. That's all it did. It wasn't something to be intimidated by. It was something to be excited by that that they you know they're going to make me even better than what I think I can be. And so uh, that kind of growth required me to get uncomfortable. I remember the first time I was talking to leadership at my job, and I remember, and I'm sure they do too. Um, my voice shaking and my, I have this very embarrassing, you know, like my face will actually shake. And I, it used to do that in college when I took a public speaking class. It's just embarrassing. Um, but I did it anyway. And there's a theme. I don't know if anybody's noticed this yet in my podcast. I say that a lot. I did it anyway. And, um, I never used to do that before I got sober. I never used to do something anyway. And so um, that's where growth is. It's getting uncomfortable and uh, communicating. So having hard conversations or critical conversations, this is a way that two people can grow together And I can think of two people in my life right this minute that are so amazing 
at communicating that you can almost, even when it's a difficult conversation, it feels good because you can actually witness that both of you are growing together at the same time. It's pretty cool. And I'm really fortunate to have people in my life that want to communicate in ways that we're reaching for the same goal to nurture our relationship. And there is no right person or wrong person. It's how do we find a solution together? How do we find peace together? You know, um, how can we find a, a place where we can be quiet together again? Um, because that, you know, that's, that's where I think uh, strong relationships lie is, is in the ability to, to be silent together. So I'm straying from the main topic. So uh, difficult times are, are thought of as negative. And what I'm challenging uh, you to do is to think about the other side of a difficult time. So by difficult times, I, it could be um, a difficult conversation like what I was just talking about or a difficult time like recovery, like what I'm going through right now. And um, what, I, what I have learned to do from, from my sobriety recovery is to, to, I've said it before, the only way to it is through it. And so uh, I try to picture what is on the other side of the challenge. Um, I've talked about how I feel very strongly that there is an opportunity that is awaiting me on the other side of this challenge, this uh, recovery that I'm in right now. And I don't know what it is. It's it's very much like I picture it as a as a mountain, and um, and there's something waiting for me on the other side of the mountain, and I have no idea what it is, but I I know it's there, and so I just have to climb. I just have to climb the mountain, and and I'm going to find growth when I once I get there. Actually, I'm gonna find growth as I get there, and. Um, and the more that I practice pausing and thinking about what is on the other side of the challenge, the easier that it's getting. My therapist, I've mentioned before, my, my recovery therapist asked me uh, because I was, I don't know, I was talking to her about something that was approaching some event that was approaching or something like that. And, and I just was thinking, what if this, what if that? And she's like, have you ever thought about it going perfectly? And I was like, no, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> that would be too easy. And, um, and so that's what I do now. And, and that I, I'm not great at it. I'm, I'm better at picturing what is on the other side of the challenge than I am picturing something going perfectly. Another, another person in my life 
said that instead of what ifing, you need to have confidence in your own intelligence and your foundation of knowledge that whatever does happen, when it happens, you have the skills to navigate it at that time. Um, there's so much energy that goes into, so much wasted energy going into what ifing all the time. And so um, some of these great minds have tried to help me um, find a, a, an easier way to approach challenges. So just like growth requires us to get uncomfortable, change is very much uncomfortable, especially if you aren't looking at it as a growth opportunity. And the longer I sit and think about how I have to make a change, the longer I'm just standing still. And the... I, quite often the worst things are getting. And that's very much what happened to me as I was thinking, oh, I really have to, you know, I'm going to have to pull away from work. I can't work. I'm going to have, you know, I, I needed to make the change. But it's scary. It's scary. Um, and comparing it to my drinking, um, I had to make the decision to stop drinking in order to stay alive. I, I would have died if I kept drinking. There's no doubt in my mind. And as I, the longer I'm sober, the longer I'm able to really believe that, that I wouldn't be here today had I not quit drinking seven years ago. And, but in order to do that, I had to make a profound personality change. I couldn't continue to have, to ignore my values. I was talking about values yesterday. I couldn't continue to ignore those. And, um, and expect something to change. So what I was doing was allowing the conditions around me to cause me to change. But I didn't want to change. You know, I, my work, my family, Everything around me was trying to cause me to ch change, and I didn't want to. And when I finally made the decision that my life was unmanageable, I decided to make a change to meet the conditions around me. And that, that is just simply willingness. So I needed to have the willingness to change myself 
in order to meet the conditions, in order to continue to have a career, in order to be a mother, you know, all of these things, I, I had to make a profound change. And as with sobriety, so I made the change to stop picking up a drink. And the first gift of that was sobriety. But there is so much more that I was not expecting that came from that change. There is an ongoing awakening that occurs if you continue to have the willingness to change. And with that ongoing awakening that occurs, you have the opportunity to grow regardless of success, failure, regardless of pain and joy. There are, you know, when I got sober, they told me this, they meaning my, my uh, program of recovery, told me that just because you're sober doesn't mean that life's not going to keep happening. And, and that's very much what I have been experiencing. I can't, you know, I can't say that I've had a lot of bad things that have happened since I got sober over the past seven years. Now, with that being said, I had a stroke. You know, I had a stroke. And it's interesting to me that I'm able to say there's not a lot of bad stuff that happened to me over the past seven years, you know, when I had a stroke. And that, I think, is because of this ongoing awakening that has happened in my life. I have remained willing no matter what has been happening in my life, I have remained willing to accept change. And I've been successful at work. I've also made mistakes at work. I've felt a lot of pain and I've been much more joyful than I've ever been in my life. But deciding to put myself first and and start this recovery stroke recovery over you know, I didn't I didn't see anything good happening. When I had to tell my boss I can't do it anymore. I have to take care of myself. Now, he'd been telling me <laughs> for two years, Rachel, you got to put yourself first. You got to take care of yourself. Well, I'm kind of stubborn. But when I told him 
uh, when I finally said, you're right, um, I didn't see what's on the other side of the mountain. And I don't know that I still see what's on the other side of the mountain. All I saw was that the pain in my head had to stop. So I've remained willing to change. I think that I really feel like when I made the decision to stop drinking and when I made the decision to stop working for a while until I, my head, you know, until I can get my head back to, I don't know, recover to whatever is ahead of me. Um, it was in both situations an absolutely profound change to me. I had to turn away from the direction that I was going in. So I'm walking on this path and it's already paved for me. I can see where it's going and all I have to do is keep walking to get there. And I can run if I want to run and I can do whatever the hell I want, but I know where the path is going. I had to step off the path and I had to go on a path that was still overgrown and I had to start making a new path. And that's freaking scary. But I did it once, so I know I can do it again. And one thing that's interesting to me that came to mind today is that I always used to say, probably, I guess until I got sober, I used to say, people don't change. I truly believed that people did not change. And, um, well, that's just plain old not true. People do change. People change if they're willing to change. And so those people, there are still people who I believe uh, have not changed. But I know today that they have not changed because they're not willing to change. But I know now that I was wrong, that people do change and people can change. Um, just because people don't change or somebody doesn't change doesn't mean that they can't change. It's just that they're not willing to change. And, and that, you know, that's where I have to stay on my side of the street, clean my side of the street. And if somebody else lets their lawn get overgrown and puts their trash out on the wrong trash days, that's none of my business. I just have to clean my side of the street. So by, by aligning myself, by having my actions align with my values, like I talked about yesterday, I've been able to change the inner conflict into more of 
serenity. So I was having this inner conflict before I decided to step away from work uh, because my value was in my work. That's what I felt like. Now, you know, maybe I'm not doing the, the most critical role at my company, but it's, it's important. It's an important job. And I, um, I feel like I added a lot of value, add a lot of value. I'm talking in past tense, add a lot of value. I hope they're not listening to this, huh? <laughs> and, um, and so to step away from that is, it, it made me feel like I was just kind of floating. I, I really, it took me about two days before, I don't even know if it was that long. I think it was two days before I reached out to my brother and I said, can you start a podcast account for me? And that's because I had to do something. I had to find a passion, something to obsess about, but something that was going to not conflict with the pain in my head and something that was going to meet the conditions. So I was changing, I was making a change for myself, but I needed to make sure it met the conditions of, of what I'm dealing with, you know, with my, with my recovery. So I just know that I can't stand still anymore. I learned that the day that I decided for the last time that I wasn't going to pick up a drink anymore. I realized that I can't stand still anymore. I was standing still for years and years and it was very unhealthy. And um, my mental health was very much um, in a bad, in a bad way in a very bad way. I would call it insanity. I've called it that in previous episodes, but that's really what it was. If I compare my thought process to the way that it was back then, um, it was just insane. It was insane behavior. I was very unreasonable and unable to make decisions. I'm, I'm so grateful that somehow I was able to make that profound change, you know, that's what's so difficult about people in a situation like that, people who are addicts and, and alcoholics is that you don't have the, your head, you know, you don't have your head on straight. So how, how is somebody who is basically insane, able to say, oh yeah, I'm killing myself. I need to stop. You know, it's, 
I think that's why it doesn't happen that often. So I'm super, super fortunate. I don't know what the numbers are um, for how many people actually do uh, get sober and stay sober, but I know it's it's slim to none. I'm, I'm a very lucky human being to be sitting here today. And, um, and for that reason, it's important that I do the most with what I have. And right now I have a voice and so I'm using it. And, and so I had to make a decision that my life was unmanageable again. And, um, and I had to start this road of recovery. And my boss called me today. And he said, uh, he, he repeats to me over and over again. <laughs> um, I want, you know, just making sure that I am putting myself first and I'm taking the time that I need to get better. And um, every time he calls me, he's saying that again. And, and I, I love it. I love it because it makes, you know, you need that. If you feel about your career the way that I feel about a career, it's helpful to have somebody calling you and telling you, reminding you, Rachel, it's okay. I talked about that in a, in a previous episode. It's okay. Just let go let go of everything. And so uh, I'm still doing that. But I felt really good today. And I've and so yay. Um, But I've learned the hard way that when I feel good, that is not the green light for me to start doing things that I am not able to do. Meaning, Right. Everything. I don't need to list them for you again. But uh, I I really want to go on a walk, but it's not time yet because I still feel dizzy and faint just walking around my house. So it's I'm afraid to get too far away from the house if I were to walk. So I'm still holding off on on all of these things. But the good thing is I do feel uh, good today. And, um, so it was a perfect day to have that call from my boss reminding me to keep taking the time that I need, keep letting go, keep taking care of Rachel. So I really appreciate that. And so, um, Thomas Edison said, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And over the past two years, I have tried everything to try to find a way for me to work and still uh, continue to recover from my stroke. And all 10,000 ways that I have tried over the past two years have not worked. And so I am, I'm going to continue to, um, to focus on myself. Um, because this is what I'm doing right now. It's working because I felt good today. I mean, I haven't been able to say that in three weeks. I felt good today. 
And, um, and that's just amazing. And, and so I had a couple people ask me today, is it because of the vision therapy? I don't think so because I've only done two vision therapy appointments and they've been 15 minutes each. And really right now we're in more of a research, research and discovery phase where um, she's giving me a couple exercises and then she asks me how I'm feeling and she writes it down. So we're really logging what am I capable of doing and what, uh, what hurts my head more and, and that kind of thing. So I don't think I'm quite at the point where it's vision therapy that's helping me. What's helping me is that I'm not doing all of the things that I was doing. So I'm not um, spending the day on the computer. I'm not on my phone. I'm not walking. I'm not kayaking. I'm not riding in the car. I'm not, you name it, that big list that I keep giving, everything. I'm not doing anything fun. That's what I said to my friend today. <laughs> I'm not doing anything fun. So my head is getting better. Um, that's not true. I am starting to find a little more joy each day. And I think that's because I don't, I feel a little less bad every day. So, um, so let's see here. Um, I, I wanted to, when I, when I, got sober. Uh, okay. So just like where I was talking about, um, I've tried 10,000 ways and it won't work. When I was thinking about not drinking, well, you know, I wasn't thinking about not drinking. I was trying to find another way to drink, but not be an alcoholic. And so um, I would, uh, I try to drink beer. I try to drink, I, I think I talked about this the other day. I tried to only drink from five o'clock to nine o'clock or something like that. And, I, and, and so, and again, I found 10,000 ways to keep drinking and none of them worked. I was still an alcoholic no matter what I did. So I wanted to, in both situations, I wanted to find what, uh, what in my sobriety fellowship calls the easier, softer way, but I could not. So I had to make a profound change. And um, another quote that, uh, that I found is, uh, oh, this is out of my, my sobriety fellowship as well. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And I think that really summarizes what I was dealing with three weeks ago with uh, dealing with the pain in my head is that if I don't make a profound change, then nothing's going to change. And I hit bottom. I just, I couldn't function with the pain in my head anymore. So um, okay. So that's all I have. I feel like I tripped up a little bit there, but that's okay. I got some great feedback about, um, folks that are enjoying my podcast and I truly, truly appreciate everyone 
for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow.